Well, it's good to be together, isn't it, on this Palm Sunday? It's getting hot in here. Nice change of weather. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to get straight into the message this morning. Um, If you would like to turn to John chapter 12, verse 12, we're just going to dive in and look a a little bit at Palm Sunday and we've got a few things to kind of, and the triumphal entry and we're going to pick out some stuff. Let's just say thank you to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. We love your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your nearness. We just yield to you. We stay yielded to you in this moment. And we say, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. We love you. We love you. Yes, Lord. King of glory, have your glory. Yes. Amen. Amen. And open up a portal of time that we can get through all that we need to get through in this. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to tag team today. So pray for grace for us as we flow together. (laughs) Excellent. So John chapter 12, verse 12 to 19, we're going to look at. So I'll read this through. You can follow with me. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gathering nothing, gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And this passage, it's obviously really important. This, it's a significant moment in our lives. It's found in all of the Gospels. So yes. we're going to focus on this one in Mark at the moment this morning. Or John even. Sorry, in John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, just so, checking whether you're just listening. Just checking, yeah. No one in the corner, just me. All right. So as we're looking at this, um, this passage, this is, a, you know, as Ash said, a really important moment where Jesus, who has been in Bethany, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, his friends. We've just seen Lazarus come uh, out from the tomb, having been dead for four days. You know, he's, he's coming into Jerusalem, and uh, there's a, a number of things going on here. The first one is, uh, he's, he quotes, there's a couple of scriptures that get quoted. So when, they, when he's coming in, the people taking palm branches, laying it out on the, on the road, laying out their clothes for him, and what they're saying is, Hosanna, which means save now, This is a direct quote from Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26. Save now, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And so the crowd are understanding, is getting this sense because they've been with him when they saw Lazarus being coming raised from the dead. Other people have heard about it. They're they're moving in to, to see what's going on and the crowd are starting to worship him and give him praise and are saying, save now. Blessed is the king. Blessed is the one who's coming in, um, in the name of the Lord. And, and that, that's sort of symbolic of or, or a sense of there was a 
in their Old Testament prophecies in the Hebrew Bible, these prophetic words about the king, the Messiah, the one that was to come, that was to sit on David's throne. He would be the one that would gather everything under his feet. He would be the one that would rule. He would be the one that would take away any uh, oppressive rule from other places. And he would make um, the Israelites and have put them, reestablished them back to their place of glory and make Jerusalem the, the praise of the whole earth, right? That's, their, that's what they're looking for. And this prophetic word that, uh, you know, when it says that, you know, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt, qu- pro, um, quoting from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, this expectation that the king is coming and he's coming for this purpose. The purpose that he's coming for is to undo the Roman rule to undo the oppression that, they, that the Jewish people felt, to reestablish that rule that, that, that David, was, in a sense, their glory years, where they were a nation united, uh, not under any oppression, but there in glory. And so they're waiting, they're believing this is the moment. The Messiah is here to take away the rule of Egypt. And the crowd are testifying and they have that expectation of the reestablishment of the glory days. You ever lived in a moment where you have an expectation of something to happen. You have an expectation that it's going to happen in a certain way. Well, It's going to be glorious. Yes. <laughs> this story doesn't kind of end like that quite, does it? So I want to take a little moment to have a look at that. That expectation not being fulfilled. Yeah, so the Jesus came and he's coming. <laughs> And he came in a way that they weren't expecting, not with great um, pomp and ceremony, but humbly. He came with an upside-down kingdom, completely upside-down to what they were expecting and used to. And what's always fascinating to me, because we know how the story goes, but if we were there in the moment... Uh, I'm always fascinated, you know, we have Palm Sunday, this, the triumphal entry of Jesus coming in to Jerusalem, and he knew what he was coming for, right? He knew it was his hour, and then there were people who were celebrating what he'd done with Lazarus, raising him from the dead, and then we, and in the same week, we get to the place where he's um, being crucified on the cross and dead, and some of those same people are saying, "Crucify him, crucify him," and some are not. But like you go from this wonderful entry, like the King is here, and but because he wasn't coming in the way that they expected, in the, and he didn't come in the way that they expected, then there was also, and he was coming also to fulfill his role and to fulfill the calling on his life, on his life which was to give his life for us. But um, we, we go from Palm Sunday to crucifixion, and then we have the resurrection, obviously, a few days later, which we celebrate. And we, we love to celebrate the resurrection. We will celebrate Resurrection Sunday next week. And yes. we've been celebrating the resurrection this morning in declaring healings and, and just releasing the kingdom amongst us. But do you, there, there's time in between in this story, Right? The disciples, when Jesus hung on the cross and then died and was buried, right, they see their king, they see their beloved savior, and all of a sudden he's gone. And he is dead and in the tomb, right? And there's that space between his death and his resurrection that I imagine there was probably some disappointment in their hearts. And there was some maybe hopelessness, maybe some fear, 
maybe some, I, I don't know, is he really going to do what he said he was going to do? How is this going to happen? How is he going to um, come back to life? And so, you know, we love in the church to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but at times we find ourselves in, that, in those moments in between death or the end of something and the new life and the resurrection. Yeah. You know, we find ourselves in those spaces. And our expectations not being yeah. met in the way that we were hoping yeah. that they would be. Yeah, and there's that tension for us. You know, even this morning as we're releasing healings, you know, we celebrate what God has done. But, but when we find ourselves where we're like, yes, I'm going forward for healing. I'm believing you, God. I respond to you in this moment. And then I don't understand why. Sometimes there's a mystery. It doesn't happen in the timing or the way we expect. And there's that place in between. And I think it's a really important thing for us to look at. Because I think in that space in between is the Lord actually has things yes, for us and wants on. to show us stuff. It's yeah. kind of like the day after, right? The day after, okay? There's the day after the death of a dream. There's the day after the death of your Savior. There's the day after the end of a relationship, you know, a, a friendship or a um, dating relationship, you know, it's like, okay, it's finished. Someone broke up with me. There's the day after, yes. or maybe I broke up, broke up with them, but there's the day after. There's the day after the prayer of faith where I'm, where I'm believing God, where I'm saying, yes, Lord, I declare this in faith. I, I activate the faith. I, I don't look at with my own earthly eyes, but I fix my eyes on you. And I make that declaration of faith, that prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement in Matthew 18, and then waiting, because it doesn't always happen immediately, yes. does it? Yeah. And there's that, the day after, the in-between time where we're waiting for that prayer to be answered. Or the, the day after the diagnosis, you go to the doctor and you get news that you were not expecting. And there's that, that space in between where you put your hand in God's hand and you say, okay, Lord, you, I know you want to do something here. What are you going to do? I'm in the day after now right? Yeah. It's a space that many of us have experienced in our lives. Maybe it's the day after we came to terms with some of the sin or the issues of our heart in our own lives. And yeah. we're like, okay, I no longer am a slave to that. I'm no longer going to stay in that. I step out of that. But it's the day after where I'm, I'm holding on to Jesus, that he's going to keep bringing me out of my past Maybe there's the day after the loss of a job or the day after even a loved one dies. And yeah. there's that, or maybe a longing for a family member to be saved. I say this over my, as for me and my house, and I declare that as a whole household, my extended family, we will serve the Lord. Well, I'm in the day after. I'm, I'm, I've made the declaration. God's made a promise to me. And I'm walking in those moments of where I'm waiting for him to come through on his promise yes. and his word to fulfill his word. And so... There's this moment where we, it's like, I imagine the disciples were like, Jesus is dead. Is this final? Yeah. Is this the end? We, we, we know there are rumblings that he's going to rise again, but is, is that, is, is that going to happen? And how is it going to happen? How is it going to work out? And then we live, and they were living on that day, on, in between the death and his resurrection, waiting for him, seeing um, him work or maybe not seeing him work on that day, not right. knowing what was happening. Yeah. And I just want to ask this question, how? How do we live 
through that? How do we live through that tension? How do we wait on the Lord to come through in the resurrection where we go from, I'm not quite there, or I've, I've said no to this, or there's been death, I've let go of that, and he's called me into something else, and he's promised something else to me. He's, he's saying something else. He's calling me out of this, but I, I'm not quite there in the resurrection yet, <laughs> in the promise. And so how do we learn to trust the Father in this process. You know, I think what is really important for us is for us always in the in-between, which we don't like to talk about, do we? We like to celebrate the good, and that's good. And it's good for some things to die, but it can be a little bit uncomfortable and awkward to talk about that in-between phase, can't it? But actually, I think it's really important, and there's an invitation for each of us in these moments to realize that God has a bigger plan, that Jesus had a bigger plan. So the Israelites thought that he was coming to rescue them and them alone, but actually, he was not just coming for the nation of Israel. He was coming for the nations of the world. And so he had a plan, a bigger plan than what human humans could even imagine, right? And so he came as the victor. He came as, he he is our champion. He came Mm. as the victor over the spiritual enemy, not the physical enemy of Rome. He comes in our life as a spiritual victor, although we do see some of the manifestations in the flesh of his victory, but actually he came ultimately to, to defeat sin and death and hell and the devil. That's, that was his big plan and to take us back to the Father as to take many yeah. sons. So it's, it's always good for us to remember in those in-between times, he's got a bigger plan, a bigger purpose yeah. than maybe what I'm seeing going on in my, my life right now. Yeah, so good. So how do we how do we lay hold of that, that bigger plan, that sense of, of what he's doing? You know, because again, we're, so often when we look for a, a physical or natural outcome, we are like the Jewish people looking for you know, a, a Messiah that's going to change our temporal circumstances when actually what he's doing potentially is a bigger picture than that to actually He's already changed our spiritual circumstances and he's got a bigger picture that we don't see of the reality of what he's doing. And so how do we hold on to that? Well, within that, I think it's really important that we hold on to the word, this word, the truth of his word. You know, that's why it's important that we understand and we read and we digest and we meditate upon the word because the Bible says that the word is the sword of the spirit. Is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword and helpful and important to actually build up and to equip and to make firm a man or a woman of God. And so being able to stand in the word and make confessions of his word so that our word, so that our circumstances don't dictate who we, who, who we are or how we're responding, but actually the word of God dictates our response, right? And so com- things like this, confession, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. I am with you always, even until the very end of the age. His word, the Bible says, when it goes forth, it never returns to him empty or void, but it always accomplishes the things which it set it out to do. 
And so being able to make a declaration and, and stand upon the word, it was for freedom that Christ has set me free, no longer to be yoked to, a slave, to slavery. I have been made a son and not a servant, an heir and not a slave, and I'm standing in the truth of that. I've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead now raises, is now resident in me. This, this is the truth. This is the, this is the life of Christ, the application. It's faith that takes hold of those things, that looks at our circumstances, considers, just as it says in, in uh, Romans chapter four about Abraham, that he considered his body as good as dead. He looked at Sarah and thought, well, there's no way there's coming out, you know, a child's coming out from there. And yet he did not waver in his unbelief, but he gave glory to God, strengthened in his faith as he gave, gave glory to God. And so holding on to that word, that even this, this Palm Sunday, that, okay, it may look like now Jesus is going to the cross and now we're in that in-between space, but we know this, that he has overcome, yes. that Jesus has won the victory. So there's the, there's the word of God. There's also the prophetic promises of God. Those things that he's spoken over your life. Ash and I, what we like to do, we've taken a number of very significant prophetic words and I put them uh, into declarations and I put them on my phone. And when I'm feeling particularly kind of you know, in that place of the in-between, I'm going to I pull out those things and I start to read them through. And, I, and I, when I take my dog out for a you know, toilet at night before going to bed, I stand and I look in the, in, into the sky and I just start to declare and prophesy and hold on to that word. This is who you've made me to be. So holding on to the word and the promises of God is really important. Yeah. And I think another thing that's really significant and that we're invited into in this space in between, you know, seeing the, the fulfillment of promises and the fulfillment of the word of God, the fulfillment of healing or um, restoration or whatever it is, is, is the, he's given us the ability to remember and he commands us to remember. Yes. And it's really important in this place when it seems like he's silent, when it seems like maybe he doesn't seem to be working, we know that he is, but in those, in those spaces where we can't see what he's doing is to remember. Because the thing is about remembering is we can, we can look back in our life, we can look back in our history, and we can see these markers, these times where he has been faithful to us, yes. where he has come, come through for us, yeah. where he has fulfilled his promise to us, where he has provided for us. Maybe we received a check in the mail when we, were, we thought we were at the end of ourselves. We had a time where we, we Murray took an unpaid sabbatical from his very busy job in Australia and we were we we kind of got to we we were it was a faith step for us and we got to the end of it and we were well even before the end of it and we were running out of money and all of a sudden we got this check in the mail from the Australian government to back pay us for child child support or something for the whole time that we'd been in Australia it was like we didn't even know that we were going to receive that and we and it covered all of our expenses for that time but but we can look back at these yeah. these markers in our life where the Lord was faithful yes. where he he came through and he provided for us and he did what he said he was going to do and yes. so the in you see in the Old Testament it the Lord says remember 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 what I've done tell tell my works from one generation to the next. Remind, remind yourself. And I think in this moment, those for us, the invitation is when, when we're in that space in between, where we maybe just feel a little shaky. It's like, okay, but I can remember. Lord, I remember that day 
that you spoke that to me. I remember that day where you healed my heart of that wound. I remember when you brought that healing to me. And it becomes a springboard of hope into holding on to him, believing and persevering through the process because we don't want to get stuck in that. We want to keep moving with him. And so that, that past faithfulness as we remember it and we remind ourselves of his goodness yeah. it becomes a springboard in of hope for now and and it's always helpful for us to remember that actually when he seems silent when he seems silent you know I would imagine the the disciples on that Saturday and those days in between that they felt like oh my goodness where is he what's he doing what's he saying but actually, he may be silent, but he is not absent Come on. from us. And we remind ourselves, I may not hear you right now. I may not have clarity right now, Lord, but you are with me. Come on. You are with me. You are silent, maybe, but not absent. Yeah. And on the cross, Jesus, in that moment, you see, you, he, he said a few different things at the end of his life. And one of those things that he said is he's hanging there. It's, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I, I think that Jesus in that moment, he, as a man dying on the cross with the weight of sin, sin becoming one with his body, in that moment, he experienced like the separation from God, like the, the um, almost like God turning his back on him, right? Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, as he was one with sin, as a man, a perfect man, He's like, God, why have you forsaken me? And I think he experienced that so that we would never, ever have to experience that separation. We would never have to experience the Father turning away from us. But actually, and also in the Great Commission, he says in Matthew 28, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we know that while he may be silent, he is not absent from our lives. He has promised that he will be with us forever forever, forever. He is Emmanuel, God with us, up close and personal. Yeah. So John, 1 John 4, 16, it says this in the the NIV translation, for we have come to know and rely upon the love of God. You know, and your life and your history, my life and my history in God is actually designed to teach us to learn how to rely upon his love. Right, And so that's where remembering is important because the things that we have, have, have won through, as Ash said, become springboards for victory. And we become, his goal for us is that we learn to have a confident expectation of his goodness, no matter what. But, you know, the other thing that then comes through to me is that actually it's important that we live in reality, right? Okay, so, it, so, we've, so we've confessed the word of God. We're speaking the truth about the word of God. We're remembering what God's done for us. But sometimes our, our own hearts are filled with certain challenges, right? Fear or anxiety or shame or, or confusion or whatever it might be. And, um, and I, you know, for me personally, one of the things that the Lord's been working on in this last little season is that he's working on me, helping me express my emotion. Because what I'm learning, and this is probably a no-brainer for many of you, but it's a new revelation for me, that as you express your emotion deliberately and intentionally, what comes out is the sting, what comes off of you is the sting of that emotion, right? Psalm 62 verse 8, it says this, Trust in him, O you peoples, pour out your heart to him. 
pour out your heart. And then and other places in the Psalms, it says, pour out your complaint. And so well, here's what I'm learning to do. And this is both to the Lord and then someone that's safe like Ash. And I've got a little wheel that I got off the connections code that I find really helpful. And it's just to go through this and it's to say, okay, this is, you know, in, in this moment, I feel sad about something. I feel angry. I feel hurt. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel bitterness. Or, you know, I feel loneliness. I feel, you know, confusion. And maybe I feel a little bit of joy somewhere in there as well. But I'm learning to deliberately speak out and identify every emotion, not just one emotion. Which for me, you know, I know sometimes I'm in tune with, well, I feel sad. Well, maybe that's probably the one that maybe I don't feel so easy to tune into. Um, you know, maybe I feel lonely. But, I, you know, the very act of going through and being deliberate and saying, okay, fear, hmm, what about that? Okay, loneliness, hmm you know, guilt, shame, what happens as I'm processing all of that and I'm naming those and I'm speaking them out is actually the sting is coming out. And I'm, and I'm you know, what we've learned from scientists, psychologists, brain science people is that actually trauma, a, a definition of trauma is any emotion, any bit of pain that doesn't get processed properly. So if we haven't named an emotion, we can't process it. And so what happens when we don't name that is that that becomes trauma to us and we get stuck in it. And if so, shame starts to build up or fear or loneliness or anxiety. Whereas actually, if I can say to Ash, hey, Ash, this is my new phrase. Hey, Ash, would you mind if I process some emotion with you? Sure. Yeah, which is good for her because most of the time in most of our married life up to now, she's been going, are you okay? Fine. Uh, you don't seem fine. Do you fine. feel sad about something? I, I don't know. Leave me alone, right? Whereas now I'm learning to how to process that emotion and say, okay, and can I process some emotion with you? And I go through, and it's not just about processing the one, it's a processing the whole range. Because then what I'm doing is I'm actually getting rid of it. And I have found incredibly helpful to actually live in the reality of what I feel right now. But in, in naming it, I'm not getting stuck in it. And of course, it's really helpful if you do that to somebody that actually has the maturity and skills not to correct you or tell you that you shouldn't think that way. Yeah, because I think sometimes we get into a bit of religion yeah. and we think, oh, I shouldn't feel that way because, you know, I'm a victor. I'm, Jesus is victorious in me. And we, we kind of put our, this, the feelings to the side or we push them down. And as Murray said, they will come up at another point. We get, we get a little bit stuck in them. And part of the process of moving, you know, through that death experience and into the life and the resurrection is actually allowing that ourselves to feel and to release the emotions from our body and from our minds. And yeah. so if we don't process it, it, it gets stuck in us and, and healing doesn't come. But if, it, but if you process it with me and then I tell you that you're feeling wrong, that's the wrong thing to think about, then actually you don't feel like you've been able to process it and it gets yeah. stuck again, right? I, I think sometimes yeah. as well, it can be a bit scary when someone says shares big emotions with us, can't it? <laughs> that's it true. can feel a little bit scary and they're like, oh my goodness, I've got to have a word for them or I've got to have this or that. I've got to fix them. But actually what we often need is just someone there who's going to be safe and listen to us and, and tune in and say, hey, I'm really glad to be with you in this moment right now as you pour out yeah. your heart and yeah. share with me. Yeah. I'm happy to be with you in this. And that, that actually brings healing to someone. And, and sometimes that what that is, is us just zipping our mouths and not trying to fix or tell someone or even slap on a religious um, scripture. 
Husbands, right? husbands, we're talking to you. No, just joking. <laughs> you know, because the truth does not always transform in certain contexts. So right. if I tell someone who's experienced a lot of pain um, and, I, and I kind of say a trite um, passage of scripture to them, they, it actually may cause more harm than good for them. Yeah. And so yeah. we need the help of the Holy Spirit in those moments. Yeah. So another thing I think that the is really point. important, the final point for us, is actually that it's really good for us to process um, with the Lord. But actually, He's also put us in family for a purpose. He yes. has not called us to be individuals. And we are uniquely and wonderfully made. But actually, He's designed us to be in family. And actually, we heal in family. We experience the love of God in family. We experience breakthrough in family. And so it's really important for us to have people around us who can support us through those moments, particularly when we're in the in-between when we're waiting for that breakthrough yeah. because it can be hard and yeah. it can feel lonely at times. And so it is very important for us to have community life. Now, I know COVID has kind of tried to shut that off, but actually just coming on a Sunday morning or just tuning in online is not going to be the place that we get all of our healing and breakthrough. What we need is, is smaller, more intimate group relationships like a connect group, like a one or two other people that you yeah. can process with, who can process with you. Whether it's in and Zoom or in person, yeah, in person or Zoom, right? Yeah, yeah, you can have that on Zoom as well. You can still engage with one another, but as things lift, it'll be wonderful to get together again yeah. for sure. But it's important to have those smaller groups. And so if you, if you look at the, the passage before Jesus goes in, rides in on the donkey, you see that Jesus is actually visiting in Bethany with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Now, Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew that his hour had come. Right? He knew that he was going to expose himself in that way and, and actually... Um, allow himself to be given up to the to um, trial and death so he he was ready for that but what did he do beforehand he went and hung out with some really special people to him yeah. people whom he loved who loved him he went to Bethany which was his safe place his dear friend Lazarus his friends Mary and Martha who cared for him who loved him and whom he loved and so that was what I believe that he did that intentionally it's like for the joy set before him he endured the cross I think part of his enduring was his choice to hang out with those people yeah. and to, to just be encouraged and loved by them. Yeah. And I just want to ask you this question. Yes, come Where on. is that Bethany for you? Who is that Bethany? Who is that Bethany for you? Who are those people that you can talk to, that you can open up your heart, the deepest parts of your heart, the vulnerabilities when you don't have it all together, when you are, are waiting for God to, to break through? Where is that play? Who are those people? And I want to ask you this question. Who are you? Who are you, Bethany, for? Where are you creating a space? Who are you creating a space for where they can, you're inviting them in to share the rawness and the realness of their life? Yeah, we you, all need that. If you don't have that, pray and ask the Holy Spirit for that, yeah. right? Yeah. And be brave. Yeah. And step out and invite it because yeah. you don't know. People don't always know what we're going through. Yeah. So... I 
there's an, if you read in the Bible, there's so many scriptures about one anothering. And some of those scriptures are about bearing one another's burdens. And, and that's what happens in the place of community is we're able to bear one, another bur- one another's burdens when people are under the weight of, of, of waiting and waiting for breakthrough. Yeah. They, we need those who can come alongside us and say, hey, let me walk with you through this. Let me carry this with you. And I, I, there, we have some incredible heroes in our community here. True. We have some amazing people who have battled through cancer, who have... Who have gone to the doctor, received a diagnosis of cancer, and then they find themselves in the day after. And, and I've, I've, I've com- had conversation with them. They've reached out and they've said, this is what is being said. I, will you walk with me through this? Yeah. And, and we've seen them f- press into the Lord and receive healing in the journey and, and come out of it through to resurrection power on the other side. We've seen people being on the courthouse steps. We have some incredible heroes who have lost all of their finances. People in our community who have, it's, it's, they've lost their finances. They've been on the court steps and their house is being repossessed and they have, they have just pressed into the Lord. They've, they've reminded him of the prophetic words over their lives. They've got into community with others and said, I need help here. And they've seen breakthrough and, yeah. incred- and God coming through. We've seen people yeah. with lost jobs yes. waiting for him to provide. And we've seen people in our community who have been at the end of themselves in terms of their own resources. And they've, they've, they've just put their hands in their, in their big daddy's hands. And they've just said, okay, Lord, I, I can't see how it's going to happen. I can't make it happen, but I know that you're with me. Yeah. And, and they've reached out for help and they may have lost a loved one or they, and they found comfort from the Holy Spirit. And there may be, we've got people in our community. So, so many, we've got a number of really brave people who have, who have been stuck in addiction and they have struggled with addiction and they've hit this point, that rock bottom where it's like, okay, dead. I'm, I'm dying to this. I'm letting go of this. This has controlled my life, but no longer is it going to control my life and I'm going to step out of it. And they find themselves in the yeah. in-between of Come getting on. the healing and on the journey to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to allow you into the places of my heart where there's pain. I'm going to let go of control. I'm going to let go of trying to fix myself and I'm going to yield and I'm going to invite yeah. others to walk with me in that space and I'm going to be honest with them and tell them when I'm struggling and it is a beautiful thing to see and we've seen them come through and we've seen people who are still walking through that and we cheer you on even right now we've seen people who are waiting to have a child and they are holding on to that God's spoken and they they're like we we cannot make this happen we're desperate and we're longing watching other people get pregnant just like that and they're just like, okay, Lord, they're, they're not faking it until they make it. They're, they're grieving and, and pouring out their hearts to the Lord and then trusting him. Standing firm. Standing firm. Yeah, and I've, so I've seen, you know, couples with just such sweet hearts in that process while yeah. they're waiting. Yeah. While they're waiting. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And then I think there's that space that we get to, you know, it says that in the Bible that we, he's the God of all comfort. 
And we can receive his comfort. Yeah. And we can comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received. And that's the space when we're in between the death or what's lost and the life or the resurrection or the breakthrough is that we can receive the comfort yeah. of the Holy Spirit, the wonderful counselor who flows over us, the love of the Father flowing over us. And then we get to step into other people's space in between space and say, I want to come alongside you and pour out, out of the comfort that I've received. Yeah, so good. Oh. So good. Here's the reality that we celebrate today, is the king came, yeah. the king is here, and the king is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so we're living in the victory of Christ. Yeah. 2,000 years ago, we're living in the victory of Christ applied to us by the Holy Spirit right now, yeah. who is the one who's going to actually help us to share our emotions, to stand firm in the word, to process things with others, to find community and connection. The Holy Spirit is with us for that. Yeah. We have a new nature in Christ, but we're also the ones, he's also king that is coming, and we're actually going to, whether we get the, the full answer now or not, in fact, there's, you know, saying it again in the first service that, you know, I remember a couple, of, a few years ago, a lady that had battle with cancer and then passed away even though we've been praying and praying and praying but here's the thing we didn't lose yeah. Yeah. we won yeah. she won because she was with Jesus yeah. completely free and, as, and healed as my friend Michael likes to say we're winners because we're in Christ Jesus. And so no matter what the situation or circumstances, the, the difficulty that you're facing, because Jesus didn't come to undo all of the physical circumstances, although again, as Ash said, we'll see the manifestation of some of those. He came to undo the greater reality that we're gonna step into one day in the glory of his holy purity, joy, peace, freedom, no sickness or anything like that. Oh, I'm gonna invite you to stand. Yeah. Yeah, as we've been sharing, you might, you might say, well, I'm, I'm on my mountaintop at the moment. I'm, I'm, there's no problem for me. I'm not in the, I, I've got what I need. But I, and I want to invite you to become a Bethany or a place for others yeah. to, to share where they're at with so that you can walk with them. Okay, that's the invitation for us all, especially for the hurting world but there, I know that there are people in here, because I know a number of you and the different circumstances and the, the very real things that you are walking through and, and in the process, the, the in-between of waiting for God to break in. And I, we really feel like that, that actually in this moment, the Holy Spirit wants to meet you in that place. So if you've been struggling with delay or you find yourself in the, well, I've let go of this, or I've experienced this death, I've experienced that loss, but I'm waiting for the breakthrough, I'm waiting for the promise, and there's some, there's some pain for you, or maybe you need, you need some encouragement, or you need some, someone to stand with you and say, hey, I'm glad to be with you in this moment. I want to invite you just to come forward yeah. and to be brave because we're here for one another. And so I'm going to invite you just to step out and, and come forward. You could put your mask on. If, if you, you can stay in your seat if you're, com if you're more comfortable there. That is okay. Maybe you just want to raise your hand and say, yes, I'm, I'm in that place of delay where I'm waiting and I'm believing God for breakthrough. Because the thing is, is he's so good and he's so kind. La, 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 
And He wants to bring His comfort even right now. If you're in our ministry team or you're a Connect Group leader or you're another leader, we want you to come. Invite you to come forward. Come and stand with someone. Or if maybe you're in a connect group with one of these people right now, come and just put your hands on them. Now what I want to invite you to do is just to take a moment to pour out your heart to the Lord. Just pour out your heart, the emotions, the, the reality of where you, what you're feeling. Because your feelings are valid. And it's okay. You have permission to express your emotions right now. So I want to encourage you just to pour out your heart. And what we want to do is stand with you in the place of agreement for breakthrough, but also to to minister with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and just pour into your heart, to come and pour in and minister to your heart where there's been pain, where there's been loss, where there's been delay. Thank you, Lord. We just pour out our hearts before you right now, Holy Spirit. We pour out the disappointment. We pour out the pain, the hurt, even the anger, the frustration, the confusion, Lord. We pour it out to you right now. If you need to tell the person who's with you what it is that you have been waiting for or longing for, that you haven't seen the fulfillment of yet and have the person just agree with you, you can do that. There's plenty of space just to keep receiving. And for those of you who are comfortable, who are not necessarily receiving right now, what I want to do is I want to encourage you to, to just... Ask someone on your way out, is there anything that I can, you need encouragement for that you want to share with me that I can just agree with you to pray with you? You don't have to touch each other if you're not comfortable with that. You can if you want to. But just check in with someone on their way out. And it can just be a, a quick prayer of blessing. Thank you, guys.